History is being made. Thanks to a new study, there is strong evidence to suggest collagen is one of the best supplements in the world to help reduce the appearance of skin aging. Researchers found the supplement helped improve the skin elasticity and hydration of over 1,100 people. Other products do not contain the same level of the five critically important types of collagen for bright, even, and younger-looking skin like My Favorite Collagen does. It combines the right types and the right amounts of collagen your skin needs to help rejuvenate its elasticity. Unlock your secret to healthy aging with this amazing powder. Health with Nicmo Cedar is notorious for selling out due to its high demand. If you order now, you'll get 51% off free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get yours while you still can by using the link in the description. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You know, since the release of this 10 times bigger than the mule story from the pit, uh, from Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, there's been a major divide in our community. There's been uh, a lot of mixed reactions to this. You have on one hand people saying, what a disappointment. This is not 10 times bigger than the mules. This is a nothing burger. And then on the other hand, you have people saying, this is explosive. This is a massive bombshell. This is a thousand times bigger than the mules. This is an act of war. This is foreign interference. And because this story has to do with servers and data transfers and IP addresses and all this stuff, the average everyday American who has no technical background doesn't even understand what we're talking about, including myself. So this has become a really touchy subject that's difficult to navigate. And I decided yesterday, you know what, I'm going to take a couple steps back on this and allow it to develop and see what people come up with and then draw my conclusions. Because usually uh, when things get really polarized, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But just as I made that decision, no more than a few hours later, Cognitive Carbon, one of the investigative journalists that attended the pit, put out a substack which I feel is absolutely the best thing we've gotten so far in terms of an explanation for what we have. And because the substack is so well written and easy to understand for people that don't have a technical background, you know, taking super complicated stuff and using analogies that people like me can comprehend, I think making a video about this could be really beneficial because that way we can bridge the gap between the technical people that understand this stuff and the non-technical people who are kind of left in the dark just listening listening to people's interpretations. And then once people have a good grasp of this from a technical standpoint, then they can form their own conclusions and decide whether or not this is 10 times bigger than the mules. So without further ado, let's pull this up and let's get right into it. And guys, I left a link to the full article in the description. We're only going to go over my highlighted portions, but I want you guys to consider signing up because uh, this guy definitely deserves your support. So this is titled Mongo Database, what is it and how did it come into play as part of the shocking disclosure that took place at the pit. This article is based upon my notes and recollection of what was shared at the event. Any errors in relaying this story accurately are entirely my own. I am going to focus primarily on the technical aspect of what was shared. My area of expertise is in the technical details, so I'll attempt to shed some light there that others haven't covered yet. So he says, as part of the Arizona pit event, Greg and Catherine described an incident that arose during research that their teams had been conducting on various suppliers of software to U.S. election agencies. During the course of probing one such software provider, in early 2021, Greg and his team stumbled across an IP address for a server that was purportedly associated with a company named Konek, at least according to the records of services that track IP address ownership and location. The IP address, it turns out, was located in China. It was evidently used by some instances of the software application for a period of time before switching to a new IP address in Grand Rapids, Michigan. 
So I guess Greg and his team were using some sort of tool. They were looking at all the different suppliers of software to, that, that relate to U.S. elections. And using this tool, they were looking up the IP addresses and where they're actually located. And they found an IP address for a server associated with Konek that was located in China. Now, before we go any further, I'm going to say that I haven't seen the evidence for this yet. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying at this point in time, this is all according to Greg and Catherine. Now, going back to the article, he says, Geolocation tools that I use suggest that the server that was hosting this address in China was somewhere near Hangzhou, possibly somewhere near Zijiang University. Now, that detail is very important because the founder and CEO of uh, Konek, Eugene Yu, actually received a bachelor's degree from Zijiang University. I mean, it's not hard to believe that Eugene Yu, developing these softwares, would hire programmers and engineers that are actually located in China near the university where he got his bachelor's degree. So that's an important detail. Konak makes software to service various parts of the election process for U.S. and other countries. One of their modules is called Poll Chief. This is a resource management tool for helping election agencies manage their poll workers who staff various polling locations on election days. It manages, among other things, schedules of poll workers and includes the details necessary to recruit, retain, and pay them. It and the broader suite of software can be used to keep track of all sorts of logistics information about election equipment, such as where it is physically located for inventory purposes during non-election season, but also when and where that equipment is de deployed for running elections. There are also modules marketed by Konek that are involved with the process of casting ballots themselves for certain groups of people. The software itself isn't immediately concerning at a surface level, but the fact that one instance of it was apparently connecting to a server in China certainly raised some eyebrows which warranted a closer look. While Greg and his team were investigating, they ran some routine cybersecurity checks to see what services were being used by that Chinese IP address to determine what was behind it. One of these routine scans showed a port on, the, on that IP address 27017. That is typically used by a database application called Mongo Database. Now, Cognitive Carbon goes into great detail on this and gets into some really technical stuff that I'm going to mostly skip over because I want to make this as simple as possible. But the only thing that's really important to notice is that uh, they found a port on the IP address that is typically used by a database application called MongoDB. So he says, a popular form of database system in use these days is called an SQL server. But when you have less well-structured databases or data that doesn't fit well into an SQL table, it is now common to use one of these no SQL databases because they're easier for programmers to work with. Software development gets done faster, which saves the company money. These kinds of databases are also conceptually easier for less skilled programmers to use. They connect up to modern web applications more easily, and they have grown in popularity over the last decade. MongoDB was one of the first and one of the more popular ones in use these days. So what he's saying here is that finding a port on the IP address associated with MongoDB as opposed to SQL is an indicator that what we're dealing with here is probably some unskilled, 
unsophisticated programmers or engineers that develop this software, Polchief. The ease of use of NoSQL databases like Mongo for unsophisticated programmers, however, is a problem because less skilled and less expensive programmers can often overlook certain critical security settings because of their lack of knowledge. So now let's get to what Greg's team found. Recall that they found an IP address in China associated with what appeared to be one of Konex products, according to the DNS records for that IP anyway, that was used for one or more US voting agencies and that one of the ports that was in use at that IP address was typically used for MongoDB if it happened to be installed on that server. Now I know a lot of you are probably lost on that because it's a lot of technical uh, vocabulary but this is where he breaks things down more simply. So let's briefly use a house analogy here for a moment to make this easier to grasp. Think of the house as the IP address and the ports are the doors and windows on the house ways to get into or out of the house. A common practice for cybersecurity professionals who are exploring a network is to test the locks when they find open windows or doors as they walk around a building of interest. And in this case, they did a quick check on the MongoDB port, aka rattled the windows a bit, to see if it responded. When it did, they next tried a pretty basic thing. They tested to see if they could log into it with the default out-of-the-box username and password. In other words, as the cyber team rattled the windows and doors, they found a boneheaded error on the MongoDB installation that only a novice would be expected to make. The doors and windows weren't even locked. In fact, they were wide open. So Greg's team was able to walk in the front door as it were because there was no lock on the door and look around the place. And what they found was shocking. They found data that included personal details of nearly 1.8 million U.S. poll workers, details like their names, phone numbers, addresses, even the names of family members, things that might routinely be collected when you hire someone and issue them a paycheck. But they also reportedly found rich details about where election machines were located, including floor plans of buildings used in elections. But none of this should have been left out in the open for just anyone to see, and it sure as hell shouldn't have been done in China. In short, it was a serious data spill. China apparently has a law that any data found on its internet belongs to the government. So in effect, China has custody of anything that existed on this server. Perhaps because of the fact that Chinese programmers know this policy about the CCP, they are lazy and don't bother much with securing their database servers. It could be a cultural thing, kind of a what's the point if it all belongs to them anyway attitude among some workers. It could also be that the more talented programmers take jobs in other countries, while the more incompetent ones stay behind to work in China. So how did, how did it come to pass that this information was in China? Well, it is a practice these days for companies in the U.S. to outsource software development to India, China, Pakistan, Armenia, Russia, and elsewhere because the wages are lower for the same level of software talent that they might be able to find in the U.S. Moreover, there is such a demand for programmers these days in all sectors of the economy that U.S. companies sometimes can't even find people with the right skills locally to do the work they need done. So what may have happened is that Konek employed a programmer or two in China to do the development and testing of pieces of the Konek application suite with the idea that when it came time, they would bring the final application and database back on shore to Grand Rapids for final deployment and use in actual elections.
And Carbon doesn't mention this, but not only is it likely that uh, Eugene Yu hired developers that are in China because the labor's cheaper, but also because he went to school at Zhejiang University. So he probably knows some developers over there and has connections and hired people that he knows. A reasonably likely explanation, he says, is that Konek, or maybe a contractor it was using, outsourced work to China and the U.S. program manager and the Chinese labor programmers it used were grossly incompetent, leaving either test or live production data unprotected on a MongoDB server in China. So that pretty much sums it up, and this is at the very least gross negligence, leaving our election data vulnerable to the CCP. And that is a major problem, and I don't want to downplay that. The thing is, we don't know how this was exploited. We don't know if the CCP actually even gained access to this information. We just know it was left wide open for any bad actor to just come in and take this data and use it to their advantage. Um, and that is a major problem and a major vulnerability. We know that this election fraud, it, it, it was death by a thousand cuts there's so many holes in our election security which are like swiss cheese that any foreign adversary can use to their advantage and you know when i say death by a thousand cuts this is certainly one of those cuts but we have gaping wounds gaping wounds like the dominion machines like the mail-in voting like the drop boxes like the uh ballot stuffing the ballot harvesting mules and so while i'm glad that this has come to the surface as yet another layer of how our elections are easily exploited by our adversaries um, I'm not sure why this was labeled 10 times bigger than the mules. Maybe more will develop. Uh, maybe we'll see that this was exploited by the CCP. I, I, maybe. But I really think that I'm probably going to spend more time on those gaping wounds going forward. This is probably the last video I'm going to make on this subject unless something major develops. Uh, then, of course, I will talk about that. But right now, we have about two weeks until all of the election data from 2020 is legally destroyed. And that is the most pressing issue. And I don't want to go down another rabbit trail with that around the corner. If there is something, if there is evidence, then people should just put it out there at this point because we're running out of time. Now, I want to thank Cognitive Carbon for putting this substack together and helping us all get a better understanding of this situation. Please support him. Again, the link is in the description. And if you want to support this channel, you can do so by joining us on Locals or using the affiliate links in the description. This month, you can save $250 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. It's the lowest price they've had since I've been an affiliate with My Patriot Supply. And after this month, it's going to go back up. So please take advantage of that while you can. Also, the MyPillow promo code nick in the description you can save up to 66 percent on my pillow products anyways thanks for watching and i will see you next time